Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're going to talk about the misheld beliefs of being an artist. But before we get on to that, we want to say a big thank you to our latest Kofi supporters. Penny Vola, she says, I'm Penelope Painting on Instagram. I'm enjoying listening to the two of you so much. I'm swish swish i'm swiss slash british cool that's a tongue twister and um not only am i learning a lot as i'm a newbie but i love your accents i only ever hear american here so it's really refreshing because <laughs> no, we don't I think we've got accents no, no we don't, don't notice americans now either unless they've got a real like you know a real strong new york or something i don't like, even notice if someone's american or british it's really strange, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, we've also got Joanna Brown and Marcia Furman, who continuously every month help, you know, get, buy us a coffee. And it's just so lovely. Thank you both so, so much. Now, you wanted me to read out the podcast reviews, but uh, I don't think anybody likes us anymore because we haven't got any. Oh, well, that's no good. Yes. Is it? But so, so shall, what, we, shall we just could... turn off now? Maybe? <laughs> Because, you know, no, one, no one's listening, clearly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, you know, if, if you do, if you can't buy us a coffee, yeah, a review would be lovely. We always really appreciate any support because it helps us um, feel good about what we do. It helps us towards the costs of what we do. And it does cost us. Um, but it also shows that you like what we do. So thank you so much. Can I just tell everybody something? Yes. Well, you've got your video on today and you never really have your video on and it's really off-putting because oh. now, I, now I can see that you jiggle around and sort of oh, you're doing do. a little dance as you're talking. Uh, turn me off. God, can you <laughs> minimize me, please? please? turn that camera off. <laughs> Let me turn the camera off. <laughs> it's, it's a, I've noticed actually because we did um, – actually, I was meant to say this to you before we started recording – let me just turn this camera off. How do it's I do not it? It's a dirty oh, yes. secret you're going to tell everybody now, is it? <laughs> we did this, um, uh, like, a video f- um, for something that's coming up with someone else, didn't we, the other day? A lucky yeah. video conference, conference And I was suddenly really aware that every time I spoke, I was kind of moving around like I had like, ants in my pants or something. <laughs> So it's a really weird habit. I don't know whether it's a nervous habit, although I'm not nervous doing this, obviously. But when I talk to other people on video, then I always am. But um... no, it's just animated. But because yeah. I, I'm not used to seeing you like that, and you're like, we don't normally put the video on, do we? Because mainly because sometimes we feel that having the video on as well affects the audio slightly. And it just so happened that today I hadn't turned mine off. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you don't normally see me, do no. you? <laughs> anyway, I don't know where we where we were. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yes, we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media. Um, I have been loving Jodie Croft. She has been doing the Portrait July Challenge and creating some beautiful 
graphite drawings for that almost master-like you know have you seen them beautiful they're beautiful absolutely gorgeous um joe brown kick urban sketching challenge is the one she's been doing and her drawings for that have all been really quirky i don't know if it's sort of around where she lives there's one in particular i really liked which was the one she did in braithwaite but um they've all had that similar quirky feel so i've been really enjoying those what about you what's caught your eye well i'm now slightly concerned that one of the people i picked maybe it's the same person because of course, I've got Instagram names here because I oh, picked yeah. a couple of people. <laughs> so oh. I may have seen the drawings you're talking about and I may not because they may be the same person. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to say that I, I really like KD and I just love KD's work. She does the most amazing pages you've ever seen. They're just, um, they're just laid out absolutely beautifully. And she's been incorporating a fantastic face into her layout spreads mm. or oh, you just just have to go and look at those anyway her name is spelled k-a-y-d-e-e uh, and then also i've got mf west coast underscore arts and they've been creating some great portraits of portrait july um, she's picked some faces with really interesting expressions and i really love those it's not the same person is it <laughs> So, no. no okay but I've just I've just loved that she's picked people like you know the lip turned uh, really odd faces but I really like those because they are so different anyway what is new with you well as far as the actual painting side is going nothing but there's a really good reason for that is because um I'm doing a well if I'm honest my husband's doing it <laughs> and I'm just watching <laughs> and giving instructions <laughs> Um, an art studio makeover. I've had my art studio for quite a few years now. And you know when it stops feeling like an inspiring space because you realise actually it's, you know, there's a lot of it that is just not functioning, you know, for you anymore. And it's looking really tired and paint splattered everywhere. And it's like, oh, you know, and I didn't have the storage I needed. And it's like because, when you're going to sell your house, isn't it? You, you're about <laughs> yeah. to sell your house and you start thinking, oh, I need to touch that up and I need to sort that out. And you're actually doing this because we've got this big opportunity that we can't talk about, but possibly coming up later this year. So you're having mm. a tidy up, weren't you, for that? Well, it might involve someone filming something in my art studio. And uh, yeah. if they're going to do that, I at least wanted to make it, make it look a little bit fresher than it does. And it's great because now I've got um, a long run wall. What happened is when Paul first, um, what we basically converted a, the garage into my art studio, which oh, I feel so lucky. Some people haven't got a, a space at all. So I'm so, so grateful for what I've got. Um, but what he did is he he put all kind of just handmade sort of shelves along a wall and then I just I put stuff on those shelves and um they were just like chipboard shelves whatever plywood shelves and I covered um the front with kind of like shower curtains just to hide everything um but then but then that means even when I go to get like a canvas out from underneath I pull it up and I have to pull the whole lot up and I'm sort of like find it then it falls down over the top of me so I'm kind of I feel like I'm in the shower <laughs> and also being an outdoor sort of space it's there's insects I get a lot of spiders in there and they get like yeah and they would get into my stuff yeah. so so now I've actually got um proper units like proper units with proper doors um and he and I said to him you know my sink is so covered in paint I think I'm gonna need a new sink and he said no no 
He said, you don't need a new sink. He said, that all that's going to take is a bit of elbow grease. I said, well, you better start exercising your elbows then. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. But you know what? I went in there the other day, and I, I don't know how he done it. I really don't. He, it looks like a new sink. It's amazing. It really does look amazing. So he's done that. Um, and this weekend, I just need to move all of the other stuff away from the other wall and put it against the wall that's been done. Then we're going to start on that side. And then my, the thing I'm most looking forward to is kind of dressing it, you know, putting, you know, I love, a, you know, what I'm like about fairy lights. Yes, I do, I do yes. love a fairy light. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing that kind of thing as well as obviously getting my stuff back in there and obviously starting a new painting. Because at the moment I'm just doing a bit of drawing here and there in a, in a tiny corner that I can just about get to <laughs> while it's surrounded by all this stuff. But uh, yeah. So, so do you know what you're painting next? Me. Are I you wanna... painting some wine bottles again? Yes, I do want to yeah. paint some wine bottles. Yeah. Um, okay. So what about you? What is new with you? Well, as you know, I took a couple of weeks off. My partner, he, mm-hmm. he took a couple of weeks off work. Yeah. But to, to be honest, our lives have pretty been much taken over by the puppy. Yeah. So, so we've been doing just loads of puppy stuff. We've been taking us to all these different places to socialise him. But it is I just oh so full on. He's lovely, but it is so full on. But at the end of the two weeks, I did actually start a new sketchbook. I've got so many sketchbooks, it's unbelievable. And I thought, well, why don't you just get on out and just start doodling in it or just do anything? It doesn't matter if it's good, just start doing something. So I was um sitting he was in his little pen thingy that we've got for him and I was sitting in the kitchen so I just started scribbling the sketchbook and I was creating some sort of semi-abstract faces nothing too polished or anything but I started putting those onto Instagram but I, I just at the moment I'm feeling a bit stale with my actual work work you know when I do a full sit down do a proper picture painting mm. Mm. so I feel like I need to shape things up so I've been posting some of those on Instagram but as we've said before, I, I get these like, oh, should I be posting that on Instagram? Should yeah. I be keeping this perfectly polished, I do this all the time kind of look on Instagram? But I just can't. I, I just well, have can't you seen my it. page? <laughs> my, my Instagram and profile. Well, I know you've been, <laughs> you've been putting some of the videos on, haven't you? You've done. I have been putting, I've been um, making some little videos for Instagram TV. And that is literally just things like, um oh, well I suppose progress of my art studio makeover, makeover that kind of thing uh, but the first thing I've been doing is I've been going onto my profile grid and saying remove that because you, the people still see it in their feed but it, it when they come to have a look at my profile they don't see necessarily yeah. all of these things but but still when you actually look down my my profile grid I think god really I could do with getting rid of so much and just well, you can keeping... archive it can't you, you know yeah that, don't you? yeah um, I, I need to really do that because, yeah, it, you would you just think, well, well, what is this girl woman doing? What you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah, it's quite. It's I find that really do. tricky. I mm. find it so tricky because you want to show that you're not one dimensional. So yeah. you know that, that you're not just this person who who just does this one thing. But then that's fighting with the idea that well, you should just be showing that you do one thing. And, um, yeah, and there's no right yeah. or wrong. I don't think is there. I suppose it's what whatever works. Yeah, 
But anyway, let's get on to today's topic, assuming nothing else is new. No, nothing else new at all. Okay. So today we're talking about the misheld beliefs of being an artist. So everyone who isn't an artist has this kind of stereotype in their head, don't they? As the kind of person an artist actually is. And when you're starting out as an artist, of course, you don't feel like you fit into that category at all. I remember feeling um, <laughs> like that myself when I started out. And do you know what? I always remember when someone said to me, it's probably about five years ago now, and they said, once they realized I was a painter, they said, um, but you don't look like an artist. And I remember thinking that was so funny because I was thinking, well, what, what should I look like then? <laughs> but, you know, I, I suppose I've never really felt the need to put on any kind of front, whether that's how I act or what I wear, to try and be seen as like the arty type. Um, whether that's down to confidence or age, I, I don't know. But I certainly don't want to strengthen that stereotype any more than it already is. And the first one I can't anyway, because generally people think artists have to be young. And I'm not, well, I mean, I'm not old, but I'm not young either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you have to be young. Nothing is further from the truth. A young, inexperienced artist now will one day be an old experienced artist and you can start learning to create art at any age I mean I read of a guy once and I don't know if I've spoken about this once before and he started learning to paint in his 80s and he had his first exhibition at 90 so wow. that yeah and that blows that theory of course clean out of the water um in fact we've said this before haven't we Tara that you've you've most likely got more to say when you're older anyway so um yeah you do not have to be young to be an artist you know what you were saying before as well that everyone has this idea of what an artist should look like or be like I reckon that is more it's these very high high up artists in in the big cities mm. and and some of it is purely to make a statement I think isn't it you'll only remember those completely odd bods probably that's Bodge, what it yeah. is isn't it I, I remember once I can't remember the woman's name and I'm, I mean she's obviously a very big in the art world but the scariest woman I've ever seen on the telly she it was just uncomfortable viewing actually <laughs> right oh it was awful she was in her studio um enveloped in this fog of cigarette smoke and she was just chain chain smoking completely all the way through just she never took her cigarette out of her mouth it was just constantly puffing and while she was um scribbling violently at this um easel and there's this poor guy who's probably i don't know maybe mid-20s who's standing there naked posing for her <laughs> she's she's got this really like oh, she's like a rottweiler she was like Open your legs. More. Oh, God. More. Bend over. And I'm thinking, this is horrendous. I mean, you know, just it was just horrible. But she had this, like, really mad hair. And I'm like, oh, my God, if that's a stereotype, if ever I saw one. But, yeah, it's, it's odd. Now, do you think those those people, they, they are just a little bit bonkers? Or do you think they create that persona? Yes. You think they create the persona? I think so. Yeah. I, what do you In think? In order to... Yeah, I don't know. I think there's probably a bit of both. I think some probably are a little bit wacky anyway. Oh, and yeah. Then, I mean, yeah. And then if you're, if you're a creative person, there has to be a bit of a wacky side to you. No, but but some are probably 
really wacky mm. and that far and then I think some people have a, a little bit of a, a quirk but then they'll really play to it because they know that gets attention yeah which, is, which in a way is probably smart but mm-hmm. you know mm. um, but I've got the next one which is that you have to go to art college to be a successful artist now this if you've been to art college like a standard art college you'll know that you probably don't get taught how to paint. So it's quite a bizarre one. So, I mean, when I went to art college, which was obviously a long time ago, you more learn how to be creative and how to think. And you do paint stuff, but you don't actually get taught how to paint. So they might say, oh, make your own tools with twigs and sponges and use those to paint. But no one says, okay, this is how you create an oil painting. You know, you layer paint. This is how you paint with acrylics. Nobody teaches you that. Unless I guess you've been to one of these, are they called artiliers? Yes, like in Florence. Yeah, where you actually that is what it's all about learning how to paint properly but the majority of people probably haven't been to those well they're so, extortionately expensive to go to for a start aren't they yeah. so, so you just make out a second mortgage probably basically the idea of you having to go to art college is is completely rubbish in my opinion unless it's for, for the thinking sort of part which you know you can learn anyway anybody can learn that mm. and also there's a, there's another one that you have to be able to draw brilliantly and have formal training in drawing now, this, again, goes back to the idea of the art college where you don't learn how to draw as such. I think the only thing I did was a bit of life drawing where they actually did teach you a few drawing skills like negative space and stuff like that. But there's much more to it anyway, isn't there? There's more of a – you kind of learn by doing. So if you teach yourself, you'll gradually learn how to get a good composition. You don't need – to have formal training for that although it probably helps but again it's something that's not necessary is it it's it's interesting because I I remember when I very first started I got this book and I think it was called something along the lines of the fundamentals of drawing or something like that which is basically the the basics knowing the basics perspective negative space all that kind of stuff and the weirdest part about it is that the experience I had um, at the time that I did do, you know, art college work, I was never taught any fundamentals at all. It was like you say, yeah, make your own tools. Well, okay, I'll make my own tools, but can you please teach me how to, to paint with a brush first, and then I'll <laughs> I'll pick up a twig. It's like you, they go straight onto all of that stuff, and it's so. Or do both. Do both in tandem. So have a day yeah. when you learn, and then have a day when you're experimental. Mm. You know, it's not all bad. We know that. Yeah, and nowadays as well, if you do want to learn, you can learn online. There's so many things you can learn online. I mean, we had, do you remember we had Kevin Murphy from Evolve? He was on uh, podcast number 73, if you want to go have a listen. But he basically teaches people how to paint online, paint in oil paints. And they do go right from fundamentals. So essentially, it's not, I don't know if you'd call it teaching yourself, but you can without going to art college you can learn something like that online very successfully they've proved so you definitely don't need to go go to art college well it's like somebody who's who's writing a book I mean you would never go to a shop pick up a book and think mm, has that person who wrote this amazing novel how did they go to college though I'm not sure I want to no. buy a book in unless they've been taught in a college how to write you know you just buy the book because it's a great story and most a lot of novelists have never 
you know, they have never trained to be a novelist. They've just picked up a pen and realized they want a book, write a book. They've got a book inside them somewhere. And it's the same with, a, you know, an artist. It's not like being a doctor or an accountant where there's stuff you really need. You know, you can learn it yourself. You can learn everything yourself. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, as I've said a million times before, going to art college does not make you an artist any more than not going to college, um, you know, makes you have I got that right (laughs) (laughs) I'm like um which way around is it you know what I'm trying to say don't you yeah but but also nowadays (laughs) as well it it, it's not about painting traditionally quite often it's Mm. mixed media is is now a big thing isn't it so to do mixed media you basically just experiment and as long as you don't do things that are like you know how you said before put oil paint and then put something over the top of it so it's going to flake off the majority of things that anything goes yeah so experiment uh, and that's fine it doesn't matter you don't have to be trained to do that and the other myth is everything you paint or draw must be successful and I remember when I started that I thought that all artists got it right the first time but not everything is perfect at all. Far from it. I'm never entirely happy with anything. I, th- I don't think an artist ever is. Um, but some of the best artists I know continuously second-guess themselves and regularly start a project again. So, um, yeah, you know, I think I think that's just an absolute load of rubbish. And everyone... Well, they start it again as in they don't like what they've done. So they... Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, they spent hours and or weeks on something and they're like, Oh, I'm going to start this again. I'm not happy. But I, I mean, I could start every painting I ever do again because I'm never entirely happy with every painting. But, you know, I don't know. I just think it's it is total myth that, that artists just do everything right first time, you know. And actually, it's the work, and we've said this before, Tara, haven't we? It's the work that goes wrong that helps us continuously get better. So, you know, if those mistakes didn't happen, we wouldn't evolve over time as the best artists do. I think you as know. well, if you try and redo something, I know mm. I, I've drawn something, I thought, oh, I don't like that. No, I'll try again. Now, sometimes it, the second one's better, but sometimes it's worse than the first. And then because, you realise you actually like the first one after yeah, all. Yeah, the first one's not too bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. because, because sometimes, I guess, you become stale, don't you? Whereas you've got the spontaneity on the first one. By the second one, you're like, you're kind of waning in the enthusiasm. Mm. Or, yeah, or you're right. Just you look at the first one and think, ah. Actually, I quite like it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think, like I said, I don't think we're ever confident in everything we do. But as for things that actually go wrong and you need to start again, that just, with experience, that those sort of um, things, do, they happen less, definitely. But it doesn't mean they don't happen. And the other, the other thing as well is um, you think that as an artist, you should be able to paint or draw or sketch anything completely effortlessly and without any reference and again there was a time when I'd have imagined that I could say to any artist you know can you draw me a cow and I'd have assumed that within 10 minutes they'd have knocked up a realism cow you know and I'm using the cow as an example because I not took a few years ago it was but I remember a child handing me a piece of paper and a pencil and and said can you draw me a cow and I remember laughing because I thought well yeah I, I could draw you a cow but I need to be looking at one first because I'm not really familiar with farm animals, oddly. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, 
if you ask me to draw maybe a person or a hand or a bunch of flowers, I can do those familiar things from my imagination, I guess. But ask me to draw, I don't know, something like a cow or a giraffe or something, then I'm going to need some reference. And I'm sure that most artists would say the same. I mean, you know, Tara, if I said to you now, can you draw a giraffe? I'm sure the first thing you'd do is quickly, you know, Google up some ref- references, wouldn't you? Because yeah, and if if I did it without reference, it would be a cartoon giraffe that yeah. probably would wouldn't have quite the right features as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just hardly anybody I think can draw without reference. You might get the odd few because you know they they do more fantasy stuff and and they I don't know, I guess they train themselves or that is just a thing that comes to them, but. But no, I mean, even if you asked me to draw a face, and I draw faces all the time, don't I? Mm. Uh, it still wouldn't look good if I drew a face without reference. Yeah, I mean, if if you're someone, say, who has drawn people and figures for years, then yeah, bottles of wine and stuff like that. I mean, who you know, everyone can do that kind of stuff from because everybody's familiar with what a bottle looks like. Do you know what I mean? It's those other things, isn't it? The things that you're like, oh, I've... I don't draw animals as a rule, so I've never really looked at one that closely, that kind of thing, you know. I think or, even if you draw things that are familiar, so say, mm. say you said you were going to draw bottles, um, would you draw a bottle as well as if you had the reference there? Oh, no. Oh. no I think I think most things would be cartoony, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's what and I then, think so then it, anything go, you know, anything's pretty easy then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, there's another one that to be an artist, you need to be represented by a gallery. Now, obviously, you don't have to have a gallery. You don't have to sell your work at all to call yourself an artist. And even as time goes on, it becomes less and less, there's less and less of a need to be represented by a gallery. They they are sort of dying out a bit, I believe. Anyway, yeah. it's not like, like we used to have gatekeepers for everything, like publishing. If you wanted to create a book, you used to have to have a publisher and they had to say yes or no that your book was worthy. Um, now, of course, you can just, publish anything you like on Amazon you could do it in in a day if you wanted to and I think it's the same with art now if you want to you can stick it on your own website or stick it on one of the sites that sell art for you and nobody has to say yes or no it's worthy and I think that's good oh me I don't too know about you. I, do, you, because, I do because what do those gallerists necessarily know anyway it, it's an opinion isn't it yeah, um, I mean, I have been represented by, um, I think, three different galleries at one stage or another. And, you know, what is good is they they obviously do the marketing f- for you. You still have to do the marketing as well. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously on display um, and stuff like that sometimes. But then you might go in and find that actually they're kind of doing it. Um, they're kind of rotating them, yes, they? rotating yeah. art and stuff like that. And they take a big percentage, usually about 50% of, you know, your price. And actually, I have found I've been far, far more successful doing it myself than I ever have with a gallery. Um, I think the gallery, the experience of walking into a gallery is lovely. There's nothing I like more than going into an art gallery and having a look around. I really love it. Um, but it's not like it used to be, or if you got perhaps the big London swanky galleries, you'll walk in and they'll offer you a glass of wine or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. they're kind of, those kind of galleries are a bit different, but let's face it, I, I can't imagine <laughs> you or I are ever going to be in one of those. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I think your stuff could definitely be in there. Oh, crikey, no. Oh, no, no, no. But, but thank you, by the way. <laughs> 
but but I, I just think I don't know it's like you say they are dying out a bit and in fact you get more online galleries now than you do the on on the street one so yeah. I thought it's just that thing where it it is that gatekeeper thing it's like one person or a a team of people have to say yes that is good mm, good enough Whereas as we all, as we all know uh there's so many different opinions now what i might like you might hate so they're basically deciding what people well they used to get to decide what people would like or hate because they were yeah. the only pieces that would get seen mm. it's just i wanted to tell you <clears throat> something i did recently actually because i think one of the reasons that people want to get into galleries as well is and of course i do for this reason is that you can then say i've been in x gallery it's yeah. a CV. It's a CV piece, isn't it? Yeah. And I have a curiosity. I tried something recently. I, I haven't told you about this, so I thought I'd tell you. Oh, yeah. Exclusive. So I, yes, I, I was looking into like sending things off to you know all these galleries and these award things, award uh, yeah. things. You know, like these competition stuff. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that drives me nuts about all these is they all have a fee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So usually to submit your work, it's like twenty five, thirty five dollars, or, or or pounds, or whatever, which is fine. You know, I, I appreciate that sometimes they need a bit because of all the admin that goes into these things. Mm. Um, but of course, if you're going to send it off to quite a few, that soon mounts up, and it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this one, and I knew, I knew it was not dodgy, but I knew. Okay, I knew what it's basically. There was one that said it is free to enter your work, but then if you get chosen to hang, it's one hundred sixty-five pounds to hang a piece of work. Yeah, so I thought I'm going to submit a piece just to see what happens. So I submitted three pieces of work to this they online thing. All. <laughs> no, 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 they accepted one, right? Because I think the fee was per artist. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I had submitted one. I submitted three pieces of art, and a few days later, I got a message back saying, "We're delighted to say that you have been accepted to our to be hung in our gallery." And at the same time, they sent me a PayPal bill of one hundred sixty-five pounds. Mm-hmm. Of course, not. So I just sent a message saying, "Thank you very much. I've decided not to be in it." It's called. It's what they call a vanity, a vanity space. gallery vanity yes. gallery and you actually get them on the high streets as well where you can get in a gallery but you pay to hang your work on their wall yeah you pay but, a fee. Just, but they were actually doing it a different way around yeah because it was like yeah. it it was like it was a competition yeah. and you accepted oh, yeah so, never ever never do that no. anyone anyone listening don't don't pay to to do that the only reason I think you might pay mm. is again to get that thing on your yeah cv well there was a i've been invited about three or four times by this book um and it's this and they you know they show you that i can't i wish i could remember what it's called i probably I think wouldn't I've had something has like you? a vanity book it's a vanity well yeah book, they don't obviously it? call it a vanity no book, but <laughs> they, they what they they show you this incredibly beautiful hardback coffee table book i suppose full of all these beautiful pieces of work they do however what they do is they say um, we have looked at your work as if you know they've we feel that you'd fit beautifully into these this book it's glossy it's this it's that and the most some of these artists look at these they've been in it blah 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 um 
if you would like to be in it it's I can't remember how much it was so many dollars or something yeah and we um get it out to x number of thousands of places like yeah businesses and I'm thinking what would I pay to get why would I why would you think I'd want to pay for that you know I don't want to pay for that if you think that you if you think that my work is worthy of being published in your book then you're using my art to help sell your book along with everyone else's so surely you'll get the money for the books so why do you need me to pay yeah to be on one page no thank you <laughs> I just don't agree with that I mean even competitions I won't enter a competition if you have to pay for it I'll only ever enter a free competition and you know I have it's it's tr- so true what you're saying you know it's it's about being able to say yes I've been in a gallery yeah and yes totally. I, I, yeah and and I've actually won an award before and things like that and I have as well but you know it, that award yes I won an award but okay I could say oh Sandra Busby award-winning artist and all this well yeah but the bottom line is that I only won that award because the people viewing it happened to like that piece over someone else's but another set set of people might have liked theirs better it literally depends on the panel looking at it so I'm not sure how valuable that really is it is honest it's valuable from a CV point of view yeah I think it it, it's mainly about a CV thing Mm. and and the funny thing about awards and I've actually said this before in a um in a podcast is that what is an award anyway an art award right when I was a kid I told you this before I won some art competitions Mm. can I now say I'm an award-winning artist (laughs) because you know I won a hamster cage when I was seven (laughs) an art competition a hamster cage being artist yeah or when I was 15 I won a a local newspaper you know like a watercolor one or how much do you bend it it kind of feels tiny bit pretentious maybe as well because I remember when I first won that award I think it was back in 2016 so it's quite a while ago you know what I really need to aim for now is multi-award winning artist (laughs) (laughs) but but the thing is you've got to put your work into these competitions to actually do that and I haven't I you know I, I don't I don't Really well, there are hardly any competitions I could see that were free. They yeah. all seem to be, and I say I do kind of appreciate that there's this depends how much it is time involved. Yes, it's just, and yeah. I don't know if they make money out of that or not, or right. if it is purely administration. But it's just so if you enter, say you enter like for for a month or something, that's like a hundred pound or whatever gone yeah before, before you and, and then if you some of them then want you to send your artwork down there you know to wherever it is because we might start off being a digital but then of course you've then got to ship something somewhere which adds up and then and you can't they, sell it you've got to put it on hold and actually you know if somebody wants to buy your work what do you do then do you say actually you can't because it's on hold just in case it's you know gets accepted and I won't know until September <laughs> and it might be yeah. like February at the it's time difficult, isn't it? because I think I think I might try entering a few but it mm-hmm. but it will be sporadic because it is it's so expensive I remember when I won that award in 2016 though and on my on my website I remember thinking oh I could actually put now I'd be perfectly I, 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 you know award-winning uh, Sandra 
uh, Busby Award-winning artist. And I think I, I put that on there. And I think I had it up for about a, a week. And then I thought, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, really? I, I took it down. And instead, in my bio, I put something like, I won my first award in 2016. And I just left it at that. Because I just felt I just felt like it was... Um, well, do you know, that sounds good, though, actually, because it's like, I won my first award in 2016. Yeah, I just like you've won got loads second. more. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually won any more since. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that, apart from all no. these listeners. <laughs> but, yeah, it's that, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Anyone can say that to us, you know, and use that. Yeah, I've been in galleries. Yeah, I guess I have won an guess... award. But it's not, it doesn't really mean much when all said and done. <laughs> it really no. doesn't. And I guess it means that, the people with the most money could ha- could win the most awards because they can Absolutely. fall into more competitions. Mm. Yeah. The other um, thing that, that they say, whoever they is, that to be an artist, uh, you have to have a big following on social media. Huge. And, um, well, if that's the case, then I'm definitely not an artist. <laughs> because, you know, and that's actually why we haven't done an episode between the two of us have we of how to be great on social media because I don't think either of us has mastered it that well ourselves yet you've certainly mastered it a lot more than I have and whilst that isn't important it is an important part of it it is an important part of being an artist these days social media um at the end of the day that is marketing that is not creating I'm fairly certain I don't know if you'll agree with this Tara I'm quite sure that I don't know Van Gogh wasn't big on Instagram do you think did he have loads of followers yeah no I don't think so but also I don't think he made any money till he was dead did he no no and and I'm definitely doing better than that (laughs) (laughs) so so you know yeah it's great to have a good following but also what we have talked about in the past, and we know this because I can't tell you the number of times I've had messages from whatever an Instagram saying, buy 10,000 followers for however many dollars. And I know artists have done this. Um, they've bought certain, like 5,000 followers for a certain thing. And they've done it because it makes them look like they're much more um, or bigger, if you like, than they actually are. And it it, again it kind of works it's a bit like saying oh yes I've been in a gallery if you can just literally put numbers up there and people go oh um oh, I like that and then you they go on their page and they've got 100 followers and they're like, oh well they're obviously not that big an artist then oh, I won't bother whereas that person if they had bought 10,000 followers they'll say oh I like that and then they go on there and they'll think god they've got a huge following let's invite them to be on our podcast or whatever it's <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just because it does work, though. I think. I, I think it, it works. Kind of, yeah, it's wrong. It's so so wrong. I mean, oh I've, yeah, I've not. I don't know how many. What have I got on my Instagram? I I honestly don't know. I think it's six hundred and something. So it's not by far from um, a big following on Instagram and I'm not surprised really because like I said earlier you know you look at my stuff and you think oh god she's all over the place (laughs) but at the end of the day every follower I've got I deeply appreciate because they're real they followed me and they actually follow me because they want to and anyone who's dropped off is usually maybe because I haven't followed them back or whatever but I tend to follow the people that I feel like I can learn from or I you know and and I don't follow everyone because obviously you want to keep your feed you know flowing with things you really genuinely want to see um it's either you you're interested in the person you're interested yeah, in the work isn't it yeah, in some way exactly 
a lot of the people say, for instance, our group, they might follow my personal page, but I, fo- I know I already follow them because I follow them. We follow them perhaps through kick, kicking the creative. Yeah. So I don't have to do that because there's no point in me following um, them twice because it means I'm seeing them twice. Do you know what I mean? So, but um, you know, I, I just think it, it can be very uh, miss would, deceiving, I suppose is, is the word, is it? Or miss something. What what is the word yeah. I'm looking for? It's misleading, I guess. Yes, that's it. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Um one thing I was gonna say, you can also get featured on Instagram. And I don't think I mean this is slightly different because there's nothing wrong with getting paid paying someone to get featured on the page that's got a lot of views. Yeah. In my opinion. You get because invited it's... a lot of those, don't you? Because I, I've got invited a few and I I don't bother. No, but I got I got invited one. The interesting thing about it is if you do want to do it, I haven't done it, but if you do want to do it, bargain with them. And I might have said this before, but um, they approached me and said, um, oh, you know, come on there, be featured on our thing. And I go, okay, how, how much is it then? And it's like, it's $30 or $40 for X. And I go, no, I'll give you 10. <laughs> and they go, <laughs> yeah. and they go, all right then. okay okay <laughs> then like then and then they, and then i forgot about it and then they messaged me again and said uh um are you ready to do this and i go oh, oh yeah i'll have a look at it next week and then i forgot totally so, <laughs> so I, never, I never did do it in the end it's that paying for it thing isn't it yes. I, I like i say i've been invited a few times to oh come be featured on our page we've got thirty thousand followers okay but how do i know you haven't paid for those thirty thousand followers yeah, you, don't. <laughs> you don't know but do you know what i absolutely love is that there's there's a person on instagram um i think it's he's called net culture so look net culture up he promotes i think his name's terence and he features artists on his page some of them are absolutely exquisite and you know well they're all lovely you know and I yeah what I I find incredible is every now and then I'll get an email from him saying um I've I just wanted to let you know I've I hope it's okay I've featured some of your work like this painting on my Instagram page and I'll go on it and he has he's put it on his Instagram and written like a lovely you know Sandra Barsby artist uh, love this beautiful painting or whatever and I'm like god you know he hasn't asked me for money he's not asking me to do anything but he's he's featuring that some of my likes that he likes because he obviously likes art and I'll tell you what you know I'd love everyone listening to follow his art page because he doesn't ask for anything, and I think it's just really lovely that he does that. So um, well, there's, a, there's another one actually called um, Flaming Abstracts, mm. and basically, if you hashtag Flaming Abstracts, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, but if they like your work, they will feature it as well. And I've been featured on there two or three times. Yeah, and that's nice because again, you're, all you're doing hashtag it tagging, so they see it, and then if they like it, they'll show it. But but I do appreciate that. But I don't you even know. hashtag net culture. He just comes <laughs> come see some of my stuff and then decides to, yeah. Uh, mainly because I don't want to hashtag people just to go, hey, uh, by the way, can you have a look at this? <laughs> the only well, thing no, I've some, some done that. ask you to. Though, yeah. Oh, like, I see, abstract yeah. says, oh, uh, hashtag so and so to be featured. So, oh, I see. You know, yeah, yeah, that's they're, they're inviting people mm. to to do that, obviously, because it gets them more more well yeah. known. 
Yeah. And and I, I do see with, if someone's got a genuine account, like say, for example, um, the guy you just said, Net, is it Net Culture? Net Culture, yeah. Or Flaming Abstract. I could see how if they then started doing some featured posts that were paid, I yeah. mean, all that is advertising. It's nothing more, is it? Yeah, There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And I could see why they would, you know, how, how that could be beneficial to you. You know what I mean? But but what's lovely about it is when you when someone like that features you, yeah, um, you know that they are featuring your work because they love it, not because yeah. you're paying them ten twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is no yeah. beautiful compliment. I love I love it. You know, yeah. There's, there's a really interesting thing I saw. I don't know if I've, I've talked about this, but I watched a webinar. It's through a course I've joined about selling your art, and. Um, the woman was talking about selling art on Instagram and she was selling her work. And she says she sells quite a lot. She goes, but I haven't got a big following. So I went and had a look at her, her page and literally she hasn't, she's got less followers than I have. And I think I've got, oh, I don't know, 1800, 1900, something like that, but she'd got less than that. And to be honest, she wasn't getting massive engagement in any of her posts either. So she wasn't getting loads of likes, wasn't getting loads of comments, but she says, I sell quite a bit through it. And she's and she said, all she does is if someone she she puts work and makes it very obvious she's selling it, and then if someone does send her a message saying, "Oh, you love your work," she'll then start a conversation saying, um, "Oh, are you a collector? Are you looking for a piece for your home?" She's just obviously a very very good saleswoman. Mm. But she was basically saying it's not necessary to have like you know hundreds of thousands of followers to sell your work. I think you've just got to be smart about it. It's better to have, um, uh, I don't know, 500 genuine followers who really are interested in what you do than, I don't know, five, ten thousand followers who you, they just follow everyone hoping to get followed back or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she'd, she'd obviously done well because she, the people in her audience must be the people who are interested in her work, as in were potential buyers, I guess, a mm. lot of them. Mm. But then she she was talking about how she um, would purposely go out because she did abstracts, but they were a little bit floral, some of them. Yeah. So she would go to people's accounts who were interested in gardening and things like that. And then she would have a look at their stuff and maybe direct message them, not selling, but just commenting on one of their posts or something. A direct message, oh, I really enjoyed your post about gardening, blah, blah, whatever. And just try and build a relationship with that them that mm, way yeah which i yeah. thought was quite interesting mm. anyway should we move move on to the next one uh, yeah I, I mean we must be at the end of the episode now should we? <laughs> yeah. must be. so so the next one I'm, I'm in big trouble if this is true here because to be an artist the belief is you have to know art history and i will have had to quit by now because <laughs> i think <laughs> i know that little art history and I mentioned to you before Sandra haven't I and I think I might mention it on the podcast that at college we basically all used to try and work out how we could avoid going to art history because we used to hate it yeah. so much and it used to be run by a woman that we used to call the she-devil because <laughs> <laughs> there was a program at the time called the she-devil and she looked just like her but it was so so boring it was basically 30 of us or whatever sitting in this darkened room why she showed slides or oh, play the tv and it was just so dull um and i she think needed, she needed to come in like dressed up as that person and kind yeah. of you know make it fun and then you'd like it well i think one one of the problems with it is 
all the students there, everyone there likes doing the practical stuff. So you all like yeah. fun. And I think that's where we had Dan Whiteson on um, on the podcast, on podcast episode 87. And he teaches stuff online that he calls the Sunday sessions, called freeform life drawing. Um, but what these are, nothing to do with life drawing. He basically picks an artist each week, talks about the artist. So you get to learn all about the art history of this person. And then at the end of it, he sets an exercise, a practical a drawing exercise based on the artist. Now that makes it fun and a hell of a lot more memorable than sitting and listening to a lecture about somebody and not doing something, you know, physical at the end mm. of the thing. Mm. Yeah. That okay. practical thing. Well, how, how are you on art history? Um, <clears throat> well, the brief time I did spend, um, at, you know, doing an art college course, I, I we did have to do some art history and, you know, we looked at I think it was well I looked at the the blue riders and and there was certain and John Singer Sargent all that sort of stuff um I found it immensely boring <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah I, I do I, you know I look I, I do know a little bit but when I say a little bit I mean a little bit but what I do is on my bookshelves I've got about three really big um like hardback lovely looking books with the word art history uncovered and things like that and it just makes me look like I know my stuff but really I, I don't I don't know it at all I thought you were going to say inside there inside there is comic books <laughs> yeah no I don't and whilst I do think it's a really great to know some art history to to a point because you know there are some artists out there you think god I love how they worked and I, I like it's not really the, the history of the artist I'm overly interested in it's no their, it's how they worked and if I'm looking at a, an artist that I, I just don't like that kind of work particularly it's not my cup of tea then I'm not really going to be that interested in learning any more about that whereas you know if it's some if it's an artist that I think wow you know I love their stuff what's their story and all that I mean there's not many people that don't know about Van Gogh cutting his ear off and all this and you know there's most people know about him whether they've been to art college or not but yeah so I think yes I know a little bit but really when I say a little bit I really do know a little bit. Uh, There's another one that and I have a bit of a hang up with this is that you have to be able to paint with oil paints to be an artist. Now I don't actually have a hang up I have to paint with oil paints but I have a bit of a hang up that you have to use paint. It is it's starting to go but but basically you can paint with anything can't you you can you can do a charcoal drawing and be a brilliant artist you can use a pencil and be a brilliant artist but for some reason I think non-artists tend to think oil paints are the proper way to paint Mm, yeah I would say you're right I I think they call water they used to call watercolorists um Sunday painters which is (laughs) It's kind of really patronising, isn't it? Because you it know, because you have to be so good to paint with watercolor. Oh, I, I mean, harder than it's harder than oils, I think. Yeah, but you only have to look online at some of the really amazing artists on Instagram, and you can see that absolutely anything goes. For example, I completely love, and I think you like him as well, the work of Louis Rosignol. Oh, love it! Yeah, and and basically, a lot of his are kind of real sketchy their charcoal and pen and maybe a little bit of ink mainly black and white but if I could bottle that I'd love to bottle that so this these are the only things that have started me believing that I don't have to work with paint like you say that's something people used to think 
I don't yeah. think they do now so much. Look at Carrie Waller. We we interviewed Carrie Waller, by the way, in episode I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tara knows them all off by heart, apparently. I don't. About three episodes ago, maybe, but quite yeah. recently. And she's a watercolor painter. Wow, wow, wow is all I can say about her art. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. And she has won multiple awards and all the rest of it. And, um, you know, there's no Sunday painter about her at all. It's it's old. I think, do you know what I think it is as well? Is I think there was this feeling uh years ago that watercolor was it faded quickly and it did actually um it it was kind of on paper which wasn't archival um at the time and stuff like that whereas oil painting is something that would last hundreds of years and it's on canvas and all the rest of it and it it was light fast now i think watercolors are so much different aren't they you you do get archival watercolor paint paper and the paint the pigments in a lot of them do not fade anymore um so I think there is an element of that in it, uh, that it, it was its longevity, if you like, wasn't trusted, perhaps. I think also that watercolours were really or really are accessible. So yeah. you can go, um, you know, into a shop and buy a cheap, like kiddie watercolour thing for like a, a pound or something. So there was no barriers to getting started, was there? So if you were going to start as a beginner, the probably a lot of people would start with watercolours and that probably gave them a bad name. Mm. Yeah. Um, but also Deb Weirs. I mean, she creates amazing stuff, doesn't she? Just using inks. She doesn't use oil, inks no. and pen no. and stuff like that. So you can amazing. Be, you can work with anything. Um, it yeah. doesn't matter what you do. If it's art, you're an art, you know, you're making art, you're an artist. Yeah. The other thing as well, you have to have big stories or meaning behind your work. Well, yeah, that might be nice, but it's really not always true. So I've painted loads of paintings just because I happen to see beauty in something really ordinary. So I just wanted to capture that. That's about as deep as the story gets. So let's um, say as an example, do you remember the cracked raw eggs I painted? Yes. Well, I painted them because I wanted to. At the end of the day, if I see anything slippery and shiny, I'm going to want to paint it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go there, Tara. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I've got to say, you know, if a painting doesn't have a story about it, um, like that one of my slippery, shiny egg, um, I'm going to create one usually in the title. So, you know, that painting of the egg, for example, I called um, Your Place or Mine. So I don't need to explain that title, do I? It's basically... You do for me, yeah. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> so basically, I painted the cracked egg because I just wanted to paint the cracked egg. And I thought, right, okay, I can't just, I can't just call this still life with cracked egg. I hate untitled paintings or boringly titled paintings. So I'm like, okay, there's no story behind this. So let me make one just in the title. So I'm like, your place or mine. So basically, it's about two people meeting and you know they get all romantic <laughs> and they're they're you know he's raising his eyebrows and he's like stop it <laughs> um yeah so basically yeah it's it's a romantic it's a lustful romantic piece in a way yeah but yeah, it, so, only, it became lustful and romantic after the egg was finished <laughs> yeah, it did and after this particular episode of the podcast all art at the end of the day means something, even if it just means I liked this, so I thought I'd paint it. That's my opinion. Well, no, I do. I do a similar thing, to be honest. I, but I will, I will look at a picture of a face, 
I don't know the person half the time if I'm just finding like a royalty free face. Mm. And I'll think, hmm, maybe they want to, well, maybe they're a musician. Okay, I think I'll make them into a musician. There isn't really a story. It's not deep and meaningful. Or, you know, it might be something, it'll be something light. Like, you know, during the lockdown, and I hadn't managed to have a haircut. So I'll do this, you know, thing based on a lockdown haircut. Cut. Mm. It's not a big story, is it? No. It's just a light-hearted, funny little thing. I've done, um, I have done paintings that have got a storyline a story behind them, maybe quite deep story behind them, but then it may not be obvious. There was one I did of a hand holding a match. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, I drew, I painted that, and it was after we'd lost a very good friend of ours, um, and also in the same year, Paul lost his dad, and it was just one of those years that was just horrible and. You, uh, the, what what it was is you the, you have the hand holding the match and the match is lighting up just the fingers holding it but everything around it is completely dark and it was my way of saying just because you can't see someone it doesn't mean they're not there you know and the light is the way the match is the way of showing someone's there but at the end of the day you know the rest of him is there but you can't see it do you see what I mean and I did another painting, I think, the same year, which uh, was a hand um, wrapped in fairy lights. And again, that's a kind of similar thing. I think this was during lockdown. Uh, actually, it was later on. It was sort of like in the lockdown where everything seemed so dark. And it was like, oh, and I just wanted to, it was like holding lights up, you know. I just need to feel some light. And and I there was meaning behind that. And it, it It's not immediately obvious. It's still painting stuff I love painting. Uh, but it's just, um, you don't have to make a, a story really obvious anyway. I don't think you don't no. have to have a story at all. Like I said, but yeah, I, I can't, I can do, I will do either, but sometimes it's just like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to paint it. Uh, there's another one that to be an artist, you've got to good at, be good at painting in any medium. And oh, that's such a weird belief because who is good at painting in every medium? I think you tend to definitely favor one or two I know I do I, mm. I favor anything that has an immediacy and yeah. doesn't require too much drying whereas obviously you favor oil paint but if someone now asks you to paint in well you've done it before gouache say for example <laughs> you, you could do a quite a passable gouache you know a decent picture but you wouldn't be great at it well you remember you don't when, practice it. exactly do you remember yeah. when you gave me some um yeah neo color no oh, neo yeah. color and you because yeah. you obviously that is your medium isn't it it would be almost like me sending you some oil paints and say right I wanted to try it I wanted to try them yeah but god it, it was I was I, I hated using them I didn't get yeah. on with them at all and I made that I funny I tried drawing this hand making this hand do you remember the hand you actually liked, I liked it. the hand yeah oh, oh oh gosh no I I drew this hand in neo colors and I thought this is the worst thing I have ever drawn in my life. Tara was like, "I love it." I was like, "No, I just can't bear it." So, um, yeah, no, we're not good at all mediums. I am not good at neo color because I never but use the, them. The funny thing as well is the reason you didn't like it in my opinion mm. is that you couldn't get the detail that you know you can if you use paint. I couldn't because get it, it 
to look as real as I want. No, because that is kind of not what the medium does. Mm. But I liked it because I thought it had done what the medium should do and did it well. And you'd done it well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I just hated yeah, it. But no. also, like, yeah, the gouache. I remember using that and thinking, oh, yeah. this is horrible. I don't like it. And watercolor, yeah, I use, I, you know, I, I can use watercolor. But I'm, it, that's not, I'm definitely not at my best with any of that stuff. I'm at my best yeah. with oil paints because that's just what I have, um, the skill I have, have mastered Whereas the I'd most. Whereas I'd be a disaster if, I, if, some, if you gave me oil paint. Uh, but, yeah, because you don't practice it. No, you know? I don't. No, yeah. So, and I'd be too damn impatient as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're loose and that. And I, that, that leads, oh, what a lead onto the next one. You have to be loose to be an artist. You've got to be loose. God, I hated that word when I first started um drawing when I when I first started the college course I very quickly realized it wasn't for me and gave it up um the word loose loosen up loosen up was used way way more regularly than the word skill or technique it was just loosen up loosen up loosen up I was like oh for like, how am I supposed to loosen up I I don't even know the the rules yet and you want me to break them left right and center and start scrubbing and and lunging and uh, oh I just hated it and I and I couldn't be loose because I just wasn't I didn't have the confidence I hadn't built my skills up enough to be confident enough to then loosen up do you know what I mean yeah and if you if you're learning and you're continuously being told to loosen up before you even understand those fundamentals of drawing and that you've you know developed those skills then don't listen that's bad advice that should naturally happen in time when you've got confidence you know, and besides, you might not actually even want to paint loosely. It's, it's absolutely your choice. It's not something you should be forced to do if it's not who you are as an artist. I definitely agree that um, I love being loose in my sketchbook now. I love being loose in my sketchbook. I don't care about being loose on my canvas because I'm a lot looser now, believe it or not, than I used to be. <laughs> like I'll, some, I'll put a mark down and, you know, whereas sometimes I sort of think, oh, I'll blend that. And now I'm like, no, leave it. It's absolutely fine. Leave it. And and actually, I like having a more painterly element now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I the, the things I paint, I don't necessarily want them to be loose. I want them to be painterly, but I, I don't want them to be loose. Yeah. Um, in my sketchbook, I love being loose. But the only way that came is with um being forced by you to use a chunky marker and do something in 30 seconds and uh and just practice just practicing and not not worrying so much and and that comes but when you're first learning you don't need to worry about being loose worry about it later when you when you're more confident do you know I think so many things come from learning things it's like um later on in this podcast someone mentions that they can't do cartoons they can't draw cartoons I think you only need a, a certain kind of mind well, I don't actually think that's the case maybe you you won't like it when you try it but I think it's one of those things where the first time you draw try and draw a cartoon you can't draw a cartoon but if you kept on trying to draw a cartoon eventually you'd be able to draw a cartoon if that makes sense well I mean I'm a realism painter 
But I also do Felicity Fizz, who is yeah, a cartoon. Absolutely. And I draw her as a cartoon all day. You know, every, well, I don't, I haven't done her for a she, She's stuck in the realm of Father's Day at the moment because I haven't <laughs> had a chance to do any more for a while because of all these various projects we're working on at the moment. She's kind of a bit static at the minute. But yeah, she's a cartoon and it's a totally different mindset. Um, and it's hard to switch between one from the other in the same day. But yeah, you, you doesn't mean you can't do one thing just because you're it's a learned another. thing isn't it yeah it's yeah. more yeah it's the same with me because I didn't used to be able to draw remotely abstract or particularly out of my head and now mm. I can yeah um there's another misheld belief that you have to know anatomy to draw people now I'm, I'm sure if you do know anatomy it's it's probably great and maybe helps but yeah. for the majority um, of us drawing people if we just look and draw what we see rather than what we think we know I think that's enough surely yeah. I, and I, I think if I tried to learn anatomy I would be so bored I would actually give up drawing and I'm not <laughs> even sure that if I knew anatomy it would actually help me because oh I don't know well maybe not you because you're an abstract artist so you don't know need... but what I mean is you've still got to translate it over to yeah. The drawing, haven't you? Mm, mm. So yes, I know if, if I know the muscle goes there and whatever, but you know, then I still need to put it in the drawing. Yeah, I did Do you know anatomy. I did anatomy and physiology um, at college years ago when I did a completely different course, and it was like an A level standard anatomy and physiology. And actually, you know, I quite enjoyed it. You had to learn right. every, you had to learn every single the name of every single muscle in the body, and be able to mark on a page where it was, and the the bones and all that, all the rest of it. I can't remember any oh, of wow. it now. I can't yeah. remember any of it now. Um, but what I would say is uh, perhaps. In the past, if I've drawn a figure, it's been useful to a point where I, because I just happen to know there's a divide between, or there's two muscles that run down the back of the calf right. rather than just one. So then maybe yeah. that might be why the light would catch it there and there'd be a dip and all. So I, it, to a degree, yes, it's helpful. However, all you really need to know is it, all you actually need is to, like you say, look at what you're looking at. <laughs> Probably, because yeah. it doesn't matter whether you know where that muscle goes. If you can see something there that is slightly shadowed or dipping in or whatever, then draw it. You know, that's all you need. You don't need to really know what's going on or what the name of the muscle is or where it goes from there. You don't. It, 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 you should, if you look hard enough and observe hard enough. It's like perspective. You know, we've spoken about perspective before in the same way. Yeah, gosh, it's really handy to know perspective. However, if you don't, all you actually really need to do is be really careful to, um, you know, look at those and observe those angles that you're seeing because then you don't really need to know perspective. If you draw the angles correctly, then it's there anyway. Yeah. Anyway, right, okay. So as an artist, you are painting all day, every day. Yeah, well... You know, I wish, my goodness, even a full-time artist should be spending at least 50% of their time on marketing in addition to keeping their accounts and all that boring stuff. So no, an artist doesn't spend all day painting. Um, If they only spent all day painting, they would never be a full-time artist because they wouldn't be earning enough to, um, to be able to live because they wouldn't be doing any of the other stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that brings us on to our next point as well, that you have to be, you're selling your work and better still, making your total living just on selling art to be, you know, to be a proper artist. Mm. I mean, and that's that's a weird one because, 
you can still call your artist even if you haven't sold a single thing in in my opinion it's just you know you're just making art but a lot of professionals also supplement their incomes by maybe teaching or selling courses or maybe licensing their work or perhaps they do other jobs as well and that may be because they can't make a living just on selling their art or it might be because they want a bit of variety I mean I think personally even if I could make a living selling just my work I would want to mix it up a bit and maybe teach and do other stuff as well do you know what I mean yeah I think to make a living solely on your work you've got to have a massive name behind you haven't you yeah and plus you've got to be churning out unless you're selling a painting for like tons of money per painting Mm. you've really got to be churning out those paintings haven't you yeah so, yeah. and, and the great thing about doing other things as well is you might be able to create some sorts of passive income. So to do a painting and sell it, you've actually physically got to be doing the painting. Mm. Whereas if you make, say, for example, a course or you license one of your designs, then you're making money while you sleep. That's making money without you physically still doing something. Yeah. So there are reasons that, you know, people don't do it. And I say you don't have to sell anything at all. I'm not selling my paintings at the moment. Hopefully I will in the future. You sell some, don't you? But you also work as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to have your finger in a lot of pies, I think, (laughs) when it comes to art to be able to. And luckily these days it's a lot easier to do that. Um, Um, The weird thing is then this opposite belief that an artist has to be starving. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think that's the real cliche, isn't it? It's it's one of those that it's almost like the fact that an artist is a sellout if, yes. if they're making money, which is is so odd, isn't it? Because there's no other professional where you think someone was a sellout. No. I mean, a footballer isn't classed as a sellout because they play professionally and earn tons of money for doing so. Do they? It's weird. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, it's kind of got me thinking about that whole thing where artists are sometimes expected to work for free for exposure, oh, you know. Yes. And and have I mentioned, I don't know where I heard this, but somebody got it perfectly the other day. I don't know if I might have even said this before on the podcast, but I've heard it somewhere where somebody said, can you imagine a carpenter comes around to your house and he puts some shelves up for you and you go, oh, thanks so much. Look, I'm not going to um, give you any money for this because you, a lot of people are going to see these shelves. You know, it's it's going to give you exposure. What a yeah. load of jewelry. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, I, I just don't understand it. So, yeah, it really, you don't have to be starving. It, it, to be an artist, you've just, you know, you've just got to... Um, create anyway let's go on to another one which is kind of light-hearted really but you have to use long words like juxtaposition our favorite (laughs) (laughs) I can't even spell the word juxtaposition or you have to say things like ya instead of yes you know none of the artists I've ever met do that yeah I've met one have you yeah I, d- I think what, I you person. Yeah, I bet you are. I went to a watercolor workshop. It was just, it was only a local thing as well, just down um, the town library. And uh, the woman there, she was very fussy about stuff, but she also said, Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. And I'm thinking, Is she foreign? And that's, com- but she didn't really sound foreign. 
but that's comfortable. I'm thinking, why are you saying y'all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, y'all. <laughs> okay. The other thing is you have to be pretentious or pretend to be pretentious. Well, you know, there are a few out there, it's got to be said. Um, but the majority of artists I've met are nice, down-to-earth, generous people who do not see themselves as superior to anyone else. You know, they might be able to create a beautiful painting, but they'll still need a skilled plumber to unblock their toilet. They'll still need an accountant, probably, to do their accounts. You know, everyone has a, a different skill, and being an artist is no more clever than the person who can wire up your electricity. It's just different. So, you know, I do think that um, pretentious artists need to kind of realize that actually, <laughs> you know, think about what you can't do as well, what someone else can do that you can't. Can you tile your bathroom, for example? I couldn't tile mine. <laughs> the other thing uh, you have to look like or dress like an artist, constantly clutching a portfolio. And it's funny because I noticed this more in art students than older artists. And it's funny when I went to college years ago to, when I did my first choice of career, which I, I didn't go on to do eventually, but um, I always remember everyone knew who the art students were because they all wore the most weird clothes. <laughs> really? They were, yeah, they're all really grungy and weirdly the least colorful lot of, the, of every of everyone in the you know in the college they were always wearing grays and blacks and drabs colors and woolen hats and long sort of grungy skirts and it's like or I don't know it's like what, what really strange arty clothes and I don't know whether that's because at the time as a young person who wanted to be a creative, they felt a need to express their individuality maybe to make sure that they're seen as the arty type or whether they're just perhaps influenced by their student friends. Um, but you might see a person like that who looks like that, dresses like that, standing um, next to a middle-aged person um, wearing something quite ordinary and carrying a, I don't know, a Tesco carrier bag. It could easily be the middle-aged person with the Tesco carrier bag who is the artist. You can't judge a book by its cover. And dressing in this wacky way does not make you an arty type. It just makes you have a, you know, a different style of dressing. Okay, there's another one, which is you have to live in London, New York, or a major city. And that's, if you watch a film about an artist, that's where they always live, don't they? They always live in this big swanky city and they go to these private viewings with wine and stuff. Yeah. These nice galleries. Um, and I'm sure perhaps it, at one time that was more the place because, you know, in order to get your work seen when there wasn't the internet and it had to be in galleries, probably people did head more for the city. But now I think you can absolutely live anywhere and still make art. And in fact, you can see online if you look, People do live everywhere, don't they? Well, this is the beauty of the internet, isn't it? Yeah. You can be seen all over the world and you don't have to live in those high-profile places, you know. Um, the other thing is you have to mix in a circle of other artists. Well, yeah, it's very helpful to be around other artists and it's much easier nowadays to connect with them because of the online thing. But it's not essential. You know, it's lovely to have a variety of people around you who aren't necessarily good at the same things. You know, you don't have to be in this um, elite network of other artists. It's just just doesn't you just not needed be nice i'd love to have a load of arty people around well, you have me. we're yeah, lucky that we have really because <laughs> <I know, laughs> online but what i mean it'd be nice also mm. 
in-person people yes you could you know you could meet up with and go do some sketching without having to arrange like uh, this trip where you meet a few times a year yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and it's actually Uh, you know one of my besties is an artist and you know it's lovely having her as um well we've been friends for years and years and years and she's a fantastic artist but it's it's nice because if she ever has an issue with one of her paintings she can't put her finger on she'll send me a a photo of it and say oh what what am I missing here what I can't see what's wrong or she'll just send me a photo saying you know look this is I've just finished this and it's great because I can then say oh actually you've probably been looking at it too long did you notice that bit or something like that or I can look at it and go wow I I just think it's amazing you're overthinking it and likewise, I've got someone that I can say, you know, oh, I just can't get this right. And she'll say, oh, this might work. Or have you tried this? And it's great. It's really nice to have that. But it's not essential. No, I mean, I've never had in-person arty friends. And that's weird because I worked as a designer, obviously, mm. for years. And of course, I was friends with the people that I work with. But they weren't really arty no which is strange you know they did their design work but they weren't interested in drawing and stuff as as a as a thing if I'm yeah. well neither was I probably at the time either but yeah anyway another one you have to be a bit odd or traumatized well I definitely say you're a bit odd <laughs> um, you beat me to it I was gonna say <laughs> the same to you <laughs> I don't think either is particularly traumatised. So the odd bit, I guess, is quite true, looking <laughs> at that. But so maybe we scrap that one. But there is this thing, like, and, and I'm sure some people do start painting as a relief for the, you know, if they're traumatised. It's like a therapy, like anything else, isn't it? And I have actually seen artists who I really like their work online, but I'm a little bit scared because I'd probably say, well, can we have on the podcast? But I'm a little bit scared because when I read their bio it sounds so heavy yeah yeah do you know do you remember um portrait artist of the year yeah I don't know if it was about two or three years ago maybe even like time flies doesn't it? it might be slightly longer anyone who lives in the UK might and who watches this program might remember this you might remember this Tara but they had a, a group where there was one particular man and he was definitely giving off that odd kind of traumatized persona. But I wonder if it really was a persona because he um, was, he did this portrait of this person, but th- there was absolutely nothing on his canvas that was anything to do with the person at all. It's just like loads of colors and shapes and all the rest of it, which might have been, he might have been drawing how that person made him feel. I don't know. I don't know. But he ended up appearing to be totally traumatized the whole way through. When it came to, the part where they chose the person or the three people that were made the shortlist he wasn't picked in the shortlist and he instead of staying with everybody and clapping and and being there to kind of congratulate everyone and and talk to everyone afterwards he got his stuff he threw it in his bag and he stormed out (laughs) it was just this this most angry person and this most incredible reaction and I thought the whole way through I didn't let me let me say this I've got to be careful because it could be complete he really could be traumatized I don't know but I got the impression 
that um, I just I didn't believe it. I didn't believe any of it. I thought, oh, no, that is you wanting to be noticed, and for yeah. all of the wrong reasons, I would not want to be remembered for that. I must admit, I really wouldn't. So I think the reality, the reality is when all said and done, all you need to do to be an artist is to make art. And that is it. Nothing else. That would have been a short episode, wouldn't it? Well, we could have just, why didn't we just say that? Oh, no, I don't know. You know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, shall we read out the answers to our previous question? And yeah. that question was, continue the phrase, I would never paint. And the, some of these really made me laugh because they answered it in a really interesting way that I hadn't thought of. But the first one is from Angie Safford. And she says, I would never draw a person's body, nude or otherwise, because I don't draw realistically. And my stick figures are better than any other. Now, I don't know if she means that her stick figures are better than any other drawings she tried to do or whether she does really amazing stick figures. And also, how do you draw a nude stick figure? I don't know. Well, I suppose there's little circles. Oh. <laughs> Maybe little ovals as well. Maybe tiny sticks. <laughs> okay, so I've got Candy Oldfield. I would never paint. Honestly, I can't come up with anything. I want to paint all the things. Wow, that's mm. amazing. I actually want to paint everything. Because usually people like don't like certain things, do they? Landscapes. Yeah, landscapes. Definitely. Buildings. Yeah, they're not too bad. Still life. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> abstract photos. <laughs> I've got Margaret Gray, and she says there are certain styles I absolutely can't stand, and I wouldn't paint them. But I won't share what they are because, like music, we all have different tastes, and I respect others' right to like and paint what they like. So she's just saying that we shouldn't say what we just said. <laughs> Jackie Pulutsti. I can never say. I'm Jackie. You know. I just can never pronounce your name. <laughs> Pulutsky, Pulutsky. Jackie P. Jackie P, yeah. Now, that question has really got me thinking. Just about everything is worth painting, but personally, I wouldn't like to paint a scene of violence, cruelty, or anything gruesome because I think it would affect me negatively. I'm selfish enough to want to enjoy what I do. I absolutely agree, Jackie. I would not paint anything like that either. No, me neither. I've got Jennifer Bartram Designs, and she says, I would never paint in a hurry. For me, painting is all about relaxation, exploration, and seeing where the paint takes me. Do you know what I felt like you said then? What? It sounded like you said Jennifer Bathroom Designs. Jennifer Bartram Designs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She does not Sorry, design bathrooms. <laughs> she does not design bathrooms. <laughs> you might do, but she just implicitly say that she designs bathrooms. So don't get in touch. Okay, so Robin, Robington Abbey. Um, he says, I would never paint naked. Well I think I think he's been listening to the podcast where you said lying that you painted naked. Oh, what do you mean lying? I paint naked all the time. Yes. yes. Try it. Just an apron. It's it's liberating. No. <laughs> I've got Ms. Woof Woof, my cat. <laughs> now, is Ms. Woof Woof the name of her cat, do you think? That would be so cool. No, that would be funny, yeah. Yeah, if you had a cat called Woof. <laughs> yeah. Annette Julia Courtney, I would never paint a dragon because I might get burned. Ah, very good. 
Uh, I've got new peasant and they say I would never paint in a clean shirt. Yeah, see, that's that's an answer I would not have thought of. <laughs> no, me neither. So good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Megan Habalak. Cartoons. That takes a different type of creativity than I have. Well, and we touched on this earlier, didn't we, Megan? We or did. Meg- is it yeah. Megan or Me- Megan or Megan? Well, um, I paint cartoons and I'm a realism painter. So, yeah. Try painting a cartoon. You might surprise yourself. And we have a brand new question for you, which is, uh, what is your dream creative project? So what is your dream creative project? It's quite a sensible question, isn't it, really? It is. Very sensible. So, so Tara, what is your dream creative project? I haven't even thought about this one. I don't know. We've got the thing coming up is a bit of a dream to me, if it happens. Mm. towards the end of the year is it for you it's scary but really interesting uh I I think I think a dream project for me five years ago would just even be where we are now creating a lot sharing you know with others kicking the creators has been amazing and yes we're doing we're moving to we're not moving but we're we're other things are happening which is wonderful and just, just painting, just paint, 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 paint. But I'm really hoping that our listeners come up with much, much more interesting answers than we've Are you managed to. Mine wasn't interesting. <laughs> well, mine, mine wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's see how creative people can uh, be with their answers. Yeah. As always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creators or let us know in the Facebook group, which, by the way, if you haven't joined, I suggest you do. We'll put the question up there and on the Facebook page and, of course, on Instagram, which is Kicking the Creatives. And also, don't forget to check out our course. We've got a course on how to use Neo Colors, Sandra's absolute favorite. So I'm going to make Sandra take that course. <laughs> and you can find out more about that at kickingthecreatives.com forward slash Neo Colors. So we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast. So you never, ever miss an episode. And um, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a little review on whatever platform you, um, you found us on or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. Yeah, and obviously we need those because I've got nothing to say at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully, we need hopefully I'll have something to talk about next time. Yes. Um, and also don't forget to check out uh, Kicking the Creatives YouTube channel where you can find some rather silly videos. We yes, think. and we are going to – we haven't created any videos for that for quite some time because we've been making courses and doing all these other things. But um, I think at some point we're going to start reviving that a little bit, which yeah. will be really fun. So if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us at Kicking the Creatives, you can now do so by supporting us um, with a cup of coffee. And you can find the link to do that on our website and it's the Kofi link that you want to click on and give us tons and tons of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that expensive, Rick Coffee. No, it really isn't. No. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Welcome 
to today's episode and today we're going to talk about the misheld beliefs of being an artist. But before we get onto that, we want to say a big thank you to our latest Kofi supporters. Penny Waller, pronounce, oh hang on. <laughs> I'm going to start again. <laughs> she's, actually put, she's put in brackets, pronounced Vola. Vola. And I was, I literally read but out. She's laughed Vola. she knows that we'd say it wrong. That's oh well we've got a blooper <laughs> already yeah. five seconds in <laughs> okay i'm gonna start again okay 